Hello and welcome to Real-Time Strategy and 2024 Real-Time Strategy, a gaming podcast from PR Pros. I'm one of your PR pros this week, Sam Mosier, joined by my favorite LA duo, Caitlin Redwing and Mel Gazazian. Mel, did I get it right this time? You no, I did. Didn't. Okay. No I hesitations. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Just have to rip off the band-aid, go for it. It's a new year. All pronunciations are correct. <laughs> Mel has only been here one year. As we know, her work anniversary is today. One full year. We finally got her last name right. (laughs) (laughs) Honored. So excited to have you both on the first podcast of the new year. Of course, our listeners know we took last week off. So excited to dive in this week to talk about what we're anticipating for 2024, our predictions for the year, uh, as well as, you know, recap, what are our favorite things we got into over the week off? Um, So in honor of the new year, the holidays wrapping up and all that, uh, an icebreaker for getting back into the swing of things. Uh, Did either of you get anything really fun uh, over the holidays? Do you want me to start? Because I'll start. Because I got two of my favorite gifts from two of my favorite people who are on the screen right now. (laughs) Um, So Caitlin got me the um, Lego, like the orchid set from their like succulent plant collection. Um, Apparently, I had said that I wanted this like months ago. I don't even remember saying that I wanted this to her specifically. It was just something I had thrown out into the ether and she got it for me and I broke out crying. I don't actually even know if you had mentioned it to me. I think we might have been in Vegas. And I don't even think you said the orchid. I think I just heard the Lego flowers. And my mind immediately, I was like, oh, that's what I'm getting her for Christmas. Like, I just remember there was some moment sometime this year. And I was like, look, my love language is gift giving. So that is why I like literally filed it away in my brain. And I was like. I already know what I'm getting her. Perfect. No, I literally sat on the couch and was just like, <laughs> I'm going to treasure this for the rest of my life. I haven't built it yet, so I want to. Um, but that's that's next on the docket. And then um, the second gift that I got that's one of my favorites is from Sam, who was my secret Santa for work. Um, and I literally could not believe what he got. It was a mug with my bookish handle on it, the bookish smell. Follow me on all socials. Um, but it literally, it was the best little surprise that I could have gotten. Um, and I'm, I'm so thankful for the both of you, for both of your, um, wonderful gift giving skills, because man, y'all, y'all outdid yourselves. Both of you made my heart do a flutter. Oh, that's so cute. So glad I'm so you, glad liked, you it. liked it. Yeah. I also it w- it was knew, I was like, oh, sorry. I was going to say, as soon as I knew that her like secret Santa was you, Sam, I was like, oh, it's going to be it's going to be so good. I just like, I had a feeling. I was like, Sam's probably really good at giving gifts too. Yeah. Well, the pressure was increased because yeah, we, we did Secret Santa at the agency and I was the only one whose gift didn't arrive on time. Um, in my defense, I did order it like, I think two weeks in advance of the party. Uh, yeah, it was like, it was 15 days. I remember because I was like, this has got to arrive in time. And of course, it arrived the day after. So we're yeah. we're kicking off the Secret Santa portion of the party. And everyone's like, oh, did everyone gifts arrive? And Mel was the only was one like, who was like, no. And I was like, oh, I was hoping at least one <laughs> other person would be late too. <laughs> but I'm no, glad but it, was it was perfect. Late. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was wonderful. Thank you. Mine Kate, yeah, was Caitlin, actually from... Get? 
mine was actually from our secret Santa as well. And I like, I, I truly mean this. this is not just because this is like a work podcast, but um, <laughs> our colleague Blaine actually got me. They're like these, I'm going to say cast iron. They're probably not cast iron, but they, they're really heavy and they look like cast iron. They're uh, D20s, but they're, they're really large. And I, sh- I could have brought it to show on screen. I forgot, but they're on my bookshelf. They're bookends. And they're just, it's such a unique and like special gift because I have like really gotten into like D&D lately and I have lots of books. So it just was like, it's a really thoughtful gift. And I like, I was surprised. I didn't put anything on my wish list when we did it. And I was like, I am sorry to whoever <laughs> got me, but um, thankfully it was Blaine. He knows me. So that one was really good. And then I have another one that's kind of like a, hasn't happened yet, but my family is kind of got me like helped me go to um, a powwow and fe- that's coming up in February. So we're going to do like a, a bunch of families getting together in Pennsylvania. I'm going to that. So that's part of my like holiday gift as well. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Native American, hence the last name Red Wing. So that's just something we, we do, but I honestly haven't been able to do in a long time since we regularly used to have family gatherings in like South Dakota and stuff. So I'm, I'll be able to see some family I haven't seen in a long time. And that's, that's like the best gift that I can get. Oh, I love that. So wholesome. I I didn't mean for that to be like a wholesome (laughs) thing, but. Well, I'm glad it's always fun to have something to look forward to after the holidays. Yeah. Yes. I agree. What about you, Sam? I feel like you're wearing. Uh, I am wearing <laughs> one of my favorite things I received over the last week, which is a letterboxed, I, I apparently limited release hat. I got it from my girlfriend. Uh, as longtime listeners of the show know, and as Caitlin and Mel know, we're all users. Uh, letterboxed is, as I often joke, the only good social media app. Uh, it is the good reads of movies, if you will. Um, but I, I, I like it even better. The UI is great. Um, it's a fun way to follow what everyone's watching, get some good recommendations, make lists. Uh, I, I'm still working on my 2023 movies ranked list, which always well, I'll aim to get out before the Oscar ceremony in March. But um, this was a great surprise. She also got me a Be Kind Rewind letterbox shirt. These were both from like a merch oh. drop they did. Uh, over the fall so apparently she's been hiding it in her closet for like months now uh (laughs) so that was a lovely surprise and i figured it'd be not only good to wear to show off but also because i'm I'm sure we'll be talking a few movies at the end of this episode i are we gonna be like the first gaming podcast that gets sponsored by letterboxd before any gaming companies because about time (laughs) we should Listen, Letterboxd, if you're trying to add games to the app, I know that's kind of against the uh, the, the mission statement, but I'd be more than happy to help with that. If they if they start adding games before they start adding TV shows, I'm going to be furious. So yeah, yeah. Did you speaking of like their merch? Because I I keep looking at their merch and I have kept holding off because I'm like, don't be that person. Even though I own a 24 merch, they have a special edition, um, which is like what their mobile app icon looks like right now, but. Their normal logo is like an orange circle, a green circle, and a blue circle. And they have a t-shirt right now that they're ornaments, like Christmas ornaments. Oh, that's really oh. cute. I love that. Yeah. And I have been eyeing it for a while and I'm like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but I <it> might. <laughs> One last uh, holiday question for all of you. I'm curious, especially Caitlin, considering that you said your your love language is gift giving. Is there anything else you gave over the the last week or so that you were really excited about? Ooh. Um... 
okay, one, but I, he's not going to listen to it. I haven't actually <laughs> given it to my brother yet because I'm figuring out dates, but I'm going to fly him to come visit me in LA. He's been wanting to oh. come to California for a while. Um, and so like that I've just, I'm trying to plan a whole thing, but I wasn't able to do it before the holidays and I'm seeing him in February. So like I have time to do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, I think that's the one that I, I like the most that I'll talk about all the others. I'll keep to myself. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mel? Anything you were really excited to give? Um, so I gave my sister a Stanley for Christmas after mm. I got mine and then she proceeded to be like, that's stupid. Why did you get a Stanley? This And then this I got thing? her one and she was very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't you know the new thing is the, oh, the Owala? <laughs> oh, of course it's white. So it's not going to show up. I promise I'm not this person. I got a Stanley <laughs> before they took off and I didn't know it was going to be it was going to become a thing. And then I needed something that was easier to travel with. And I went to Target and this was there and it fits in the side pocket of my backpack <laughs> and I love it. And then I realized this has a whole craze behind it too. So <laughs> you're just ahead of the trend. <laughs> I'm ahead of the trends, but I promise I'm not buying them because they're trendy. <laughs> no, I, I definitely, them. they're both on my desk and they both have water in them that I filled it yesterday or yeah, yes, yesterday. Yeah, I definitely uh, <laughs> bought it for the trend, um, but I also just needed a cup holder or like a, a bottle that fit in my cup holder that because I, I had a 40 ounce um, hydro that doesn't fit and my boyfriend was yeah. going to like 3D print me the converter and he just never ended up following through. So I had to buy a Stanley and I told them, I was like, That's this true. is your fault. This is it's simply really your convenient. fault. Yeah, it's really convenient when you're driving because it's got the handle and the straw. And like, yeah. if it sits in your cup holder, I I really enjoy it having in the car. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is just not, a water bottle, not and a Stanley ad. People, just a water there, bottle. <laughs> there are not a Stanley ad. People, there are better <laughs> water bottles out there. You don't have to buy into the Stanley craze. Target did put out some really cool colors, though. They are really cute, and they had they had a sign, and it was like limited to per customer. And there was like a TikTok of when they like put them all out and there was a crowd waiting for them. And I was like, you people are crazy. This is like the Beanie Baby craze um, yeah. or just like for water bottles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who? Oh, the guy behind the Stanley Cups. Oh, he did something. Oh, sorry. Now I'm like trying to. Google something and while you're looking that up, I'll tell a related water bottle story. Uh, I know water bottles are the new hotness through my sister uh, who got a Stanley last year and needed one that was the better, a better size this year. And I forget what the brand was, but, um, it was the only gift opened at all last week that like, you know, everything else like, Oh, thank you. You know, set it aside and put it away later. Immediately when she opened it, she bolted to the kitchen, cleaned it and filled it with water. She's like, I need to use it immediately. <laughs> so, Hey, sounds like a great gift. Yeah. The gift of water is more than you could ever, <laughs> ever give. <laughs> That's true. I'm still drinking out of my Avatar 2 limited edition AMC glass <laughs> in the way of water last year. I'll treasure it forever. Yeah, I will say um, I, I was really go ahead. I was really <laughs> impressed by Stanley when they came out with that video of the girl whose like bottle oh. was like flame resistant or whatever, like her car caught on fire and the it Stanley was, was the, the only Hawaii... thing that survived. 
I think it was the the fires in Hawaii. I was believe, it? I believe, yeah. It was it was some kind of like wildfire. I think it was the fires in Hawaii, and her whole car uh, was completely torched except for the Stanley Cup. So they bought her a yeah. brand new car. Yeah, like the like, company did. You tell me a water bottle can resist your entire car being aflamed? Sold. Sold. <laughs> That's a good selling point. That's a good selling point. Uh, two two gifts. I'll I'll quickly highlight. Um, just because I think the listeners of the podcast will get a kick out of these. Um, one, I'm going to my first like live. Uh, Caitlin, I'm curious or Mel, if either of you have been to one of these. The where the the live orchestra plays the music for a movie <gasps> while the movie oh, is playing. It's oh I gosh. want to so badly and I haven't yet. Yeah, so they do them at the Hollywood my brother Bowl and, and I nor- to go. Yeah, they sound so cool. I've heard the um. The Spider-Verse ones are phenomenal. I love mm-hmm. the music in those movies. Um, and of course, a- another classic franchise, or I guess, you know, Spider-Verse will eventually become classic, but a classic franchise with incredible music is Star Wars. And so uh, my dad, or my brother and I surprised my dad with uh, The Last Jedi, the St. Louis Symphony, will be performing the music for that, um, over that movie. I know that's a contentious movie, but we all love it. And uh, so we'll be seeing that in April. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to get to experience um, a live orchestral performance of a movie score to a movie I also like at the same time. So very excited oh, about that. Wait. And uh, on the note of my brother, uh, he bought, uh, he splurged on an analog pocket uh, over, oh, they had a yeah. Black Friday sale. And these are the like boutique Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance um, players. And we we unfortunately discovered after he bought it that we had gotten rid of most of our like childhood game boy game boy color game boy advance collection and so over like the course of between thanksgiving and christmas i went i hit up a bunch of like used game shops in kansas city and found uh, a lot of the games we used to own that were our favorites and and some new ones uh so uh, he was very excited to open up like super mario brothers 3 um if anybody knows where you can find donkey kong country on the game boy advance let me know and i'll i'll I'll, I'll take you up on that offer (laughs) Oh, our okay. Our coworker Alex, she collects retro games, and I know she has tons of like site recommendations because I've talked to her about this before. So, go hit up Alex. Um, she probably <laughs> knows. And I think one of them is like the Goodwill website. Surprisingly, okay, it's like good. The Goodwill website will post retro games, and she, I, I'm almost positive it's Goodwill, and she finds lots of stuff there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that's a great tip. Um, and that's enough uh, holiday cheer for now. Of course, we'll get back to some of our favorite things from the break at the end of the show. But let's look ahead to 2024 with uh, our most anticipated games, some predictions. Figured let's ease it up because predictions are a bit more, can be a little tougher, a little bit more dicey. Uh, let's start with just what games are everyone looking forward to most uh, in 2024? I think, of course, as we talked about a few episodes ago, everyone was expecting GTA 6 to be on the top of everyone's list. but that is coming out in 2025. So in its wake, I think 2024 is A, shaping up to be a quieter year than 2023 was, which had, you know, Breath of the Wild, or sorry, the Breath of the Wild sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> Alan Wake 2. Like, you know, we don't need to name them all again, but I, it was kind of a symptom of just a bunch of developers having games released in combination with uh things getting delayed and and prolonged from pandemic era development all just hitting at the same time so i think we're gonna see a bit 
quieter of a year in 2024. I'm curious if either of you will disagree, but I think that's exciting. That means I, I think smaller things will have a bigger chance to stand out and it will give us a chance to catch up on our backlogs that I'm sure grew exponentially uh, last year. Um, so much. with that being said, uh, Mel, do you want to kick us off? What are, what are some things you're looking forward to playing this year? Uh, so the big one for me is Hades 2. Uh, that mm. goes into early access in Q2 from Supergiant Games. And I am obviously like, I'm so hyped. Hades was one of my favorite uh, games that I got to play last year. And I haven't even finished it. Like, I just want to savor it, which is why I haven't <laughs> finished it. So, I mean, you know, for a roguelike, considering the fact that you just keep going and going and going, you know, how much savoring can you really do? But I do like the fact that we have the immortal princess of the underworld. Um, as our main character. So I, I, I really am looking forward to uh, getting my hands on early access and seeing what Tades 2 is all about. But I'll probably play some more rounds of the uh, the first game. Yeah. Uh, leading okay. up to it. <laughs> Mel, I, I have to jump in here because I have played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Hades. <laughs> you have to finish the game because actually finishing it opens up like more of the game. Like the game oh doesn't gosh. actually stop. So you have to basically you do you want me to tell you what you have to do? No. Just like not it's not really a spoiler. It's just like <laughs> just like a number that you have to like think of. I'm okay. just gonna say it because it's fine. You have to defeat Hades ten times. Okay. That's that is like I just want you to just do that. You don't have to you don't have to do the like have you beat him once yet? Yeah. Okay. So you know how like Oh, what is it? The scroll, the you can like make each round harder mm-hmm. um as you're playing. You don't have to do that. You can ignore that if you want it to just like kind of stay pretty easy and you could do the same weapon, whatever weapon you find easiest. Um, but just just try to do the like the 10 times because that changes a lot of the story. And then there's like there's a lot of end game stuff after that you can continue to do. It's it's genius how they have made it like so replayable after the fact. Yeah. Um, so, so you don't have to be like, oh, I'm scared to finish it because then it's like it's gonna end. It won't. You're just gonna have like so much more stuff to do. Sorry, I'm chucking the cat back there. She's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I so I just I had to like jump in there because I understand the not wanting to finish a game. Yeah. But that's one of those games where it's like, the end really isn't the end. They're actually they're like okay. really isn't. An, a solid end to that game. Like you'll roll credits yeah. and stuff, but then it just kind of goes back and there's more stuff to do. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've been loving it and I just, Hades- I want to keep playing it. <laughs> yeah. Hades two is a great shout. I am super interested to see how they iterate on. Cause, cause like Caitlin just said, the first one is so every time you think you have a full grasp of everything that game has to offer you, you roll credits on it. And then there's a whole, another like the epilogue could be its own game in and of itself so uh i beat it for the first you know for the first time last year and even then i like there's still plenty i could do um so i'm just excited to see what creatures like is the loop similar or you know or is the objective still to escape the underworld I- i'm curious what they're going to do here and the other thing i'm interested in is just from a pr perspective kind of how the rollout works because of course they they made a splash with uh, Hades early access launch at the game awards I want to say in 2019 and then it launched 1.0 in the fall of 2020 um 
the early access launch had some attention, but really when it went 1.0, that it became a game of the year contender. It was that versus Last of Us Part Two in 2020. Um, kind of my read on how that year played out. Um, but I think because Hades was such a huge hit, the early access launch is going to have a lot more attention on the sequel. Yeah. So you I, know, I'm curious yeah. like how feature complete it is, yada yada. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the publisher or developers said that like. Oh, I just found it. Hades 2 will have at least as much content from day one in early access as the original game did back when it launched in early access on Steam. So, nice. like, not complete, but there's there was so much just in Hades when it first released mm-hmm. on early access. Um, and I typically avoid games on early access because I want to play a full game, but this is one that I'm, I'm going to play just because uh, it, it's number one on my most anticipated list. And I... I am literally always playing Hades, so I have no doubt that I'll play Hades too. And then when the full game releases, I'll just play it again because I bought Hades on every single console. <laughs> for, for unknown reasons, we don't need to dive into the, the my psyche right now on why that is, but I but I have. I'll, I'll say it. I'm excited for how hot the gods are going to be in Hades too. <laughs> Oh, yeah. absolutely. And now we've got Titans. Um, I think the yeah. whole story is around, yeah, Kronos has escaped. He was, like, held captive. Um, Kronos is a Titan. Um, was held captive in the underworld, and yeah, we're going to see the repercussions of that, and I, I hope, really hope, I'm sure we will dive into, like, uh, is it, oh, is it Melano, or is, I might be pronouncing it wrong, because there's, like, the Unla over the the e or the o at the end the o yeah i I can't remember how to pronounce her name um but like is zagreus in this yet is this before Mm. the before hades one is it after does she know her brother will they interact how i'm i'm sure super giant games is going to weave it in a way as like no there's wasn't like the first game is um the lore is not right there's just like a daughter running around but um (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm very curious how they're going to weave those games and stories together. And we know family is a really a big focus on the first game, so I'm I'm sure that we'll also have a focus of the second as we're dealing with a new family member and what it means to be daughter of Hades. Um, when there's a all this other craziness is going on, so yeah, that's, <laughs> Hades Hades two is also my number one most anticipated. Yeah. What's uh what's next on your list, Mel? Uh it's actually a backlog game, but it's one that I was trying to get to like during the break and I just never ended up doing, but it's Jassant from Don't Nod. Uh it's an action like puzzle climbing game that feels like really reminiscent to how the characters in Uncharted move around when they're like climbing and, and jumping on things, but it has the like cozy art style of um what is it season a letter to the future so Mm. it looks like it's gonna be just like this really like relaxing and cozy game that i am kind of itching for especially at the start of the year so this came out last october um october 2023 and uh it's on game pass and so i'm you know, I have it. I'm very excited to play it, but I just haven't had the chance to like sit and play it. So, um, it's one of my, what's my backlog games that I'm excited and, um, very interested to see what I think of it. Cause it has the potential to be like 
really fun or it could be just like, okay, I play it and that's it. You know, so I, I'm excited to see how how that one kind of plays out for me. Um, it's not like super spoken about, but I've seen it on a couple of best of lists from from folks. So um, curious to see how it's going to play. Yeah. Um, sorry <laughs> for the, for those watching. <laughs> I have a back injury. <laughs> I'll just note that why I'm making weird faces, and I was about to say something. I just need to adjust my back. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot that this game was was announced, um, and I forgot it was by Don't Nod because I love Life is Strange, the mm-hmm. Lost Records. Um, I I can't remember if Banishers Ghost of New Eden is out yet, or I I don't think that it is. is but I'm also looking early. We can add that to the most anticipated list. I think February thirteenth Game Awards. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's another one I'm looking forward to. Um, and yeah, Jassant, I can't remember when they first showed that, if it was like sometime one of the summer showcases, perhaps. But yeah, it, would, it was announced at the Xbox gaming showcase. Oh, so it was, um, part of like oh, the summer okay. game fest week at Xbox's show. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I have not played this myself, but my brother played it over break. A, he said it's a great steam deck game. So I plan on playing it there. Um, I believe it's on sale during this, um, by when this episode comes out, the Steam winter sale will still be going on. So if you don't have Game Pass, you can pick it up there. Um, he said it was a top three game of the year for him. Um, I'm oh, wow. very excited to dig into it. I, I love this as a shout out because like you said, it came out October 31st, right in the midst of like yeah. Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2. So I, I feel like if it had come out a little earlier, because it was on Polygon's top 10, like I, I feel like it would have mm-hmm. gotten even more attention. One of my favorite YouTubers, Game Maker's Toolkit, gave it his most innovative game of the year um, award, um, specifically highlighting how it makes climbing interesting uh, in, in so many <sighs> games. Games I love, like Tomb Raider, Uncharted, Horizon. Climbing is very rote and and simplistic, whereas this game actually makes mm-hmm. you think about every step in the climb. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to dig into this, too. Yeah, it's just it's so pretty. And I feel like there's going to be a really fun story to it as well. That like, when you look at a game like this, like you don't necessarily expect that. And I think that's kind of the fun part of like these cozier indie games that just, I don't know, they just feel they feel good. And they look really pretty too. like, I am a sucker for games that are that colorful, especially when we've had a year of games that have been like, dark and gritty and you know fun in their own regard but sometimes you just need a little bit more color to balance out the the rest of the game schedule that was 2023 <laughs> and like caitlin said with uh banishers and like donut is such an interesting and in diverse studio between the life is strange yeah. games they made yeah. that vampire kind of like action yes. narrative game now banishers in a couple months like i i really admire the breadth of genres and scopes of games that they put out yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i honestly didn't realize that was all of their games until mel brought up Desant, and i went to their website and i was like oh i was like wait i do know (laughs) all of these games i love these games so yeah Yeah. that's a very interesting uh portfolio that they have Mm -hmm. what's next on your list caitlin oh um my hades 2 is my number one and then uh, Ninja Theories, Senua's Saga, mm. Hellblade 2, which 
I won't go into a lot right now just because I talked about it um, in depth, uh, I think two episodes ago. I think it was our Game Awards recap episode. So if you want to hear me gush about Hellblade and what I think about the the sequel, you can go listen to that episode. But that is that is probably my most anticipated of like the decade. I feel like I <laughs> have been waiting for this game for so long. Uh, so I'm really excited for when that will come out. Um, and then I, I have like one other that this is like, it's kind of weird to list this yet. And I'll say why, but Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is coming out the end of February. And I'm mostly excited for that because I'm about to dive into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I have never played it before. So it's kind of, um, what's the word? that I am looking for. It starts the P anyways. I know I haven't played it yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy it. So it'll be nice to like play the remake and then be able to jump right into the sequel because the trailer for rebirth, like that, that is what spurred me to want to go and play final fantasy seven. Um, I just, I thought the trailer was beautiful and it blew me away. And I was like, then when, I don't know, was it cloud was on a Segway or something like that. And I was like, I, I know nothing about Final Fantasy because I did not expect to see a segue um, in a city in this. I'm like, I know nothing. So we're going to finally dive into it, see what all the fuss is about. Um, and if I enjoy it, then I'll have a new game to jump into and finally like get to geek out with everybody. So there's part FOMO involved here. Yeah. Well. Again, we're not, we're not going to dive into my psyche and why I am the way I am, but <laughs> there it is. It's all excitement today. No psyche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no psyche. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> no psyche. Just vibes. Yeah. yeah also, I, oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like, I mean, we have to bring up Rebirth. You know, it won the most anticipated game uh, award at the Game Awards. I, I feel like as of right now, at least games with release dates, it's the biggest one we know that's coming this year. It's uh, February 29th. So... You know, now everyone knows how to spend that extra extra day in February this year. Uh, <laughs> given, I mean, I, I talked about 2020, like Last of Us Part uh, 2, Hades. I feel like 7 Remake was the other big game of the year contender that year. And uh, I love a good middle part of a trilogy, Empire Strikes Back. You know, we got into the Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm getting all these titles confused. Across the Spider-Verse this past <laughs> year. A lot of book series. My favorite book is the one in the middle. Two Towers is my favorite. Lord of the Rings. Anyway, all this goes to say is I think this game's going to be huge. It's going to have an even bigger scope um, than Remake because we're getting out of um, Midgar and out into outside the city. It looks like you said, Caitlin, the breadth of <laughs> mini games and side quests and weird vehicles and stuff is just really exciting. So I think, again, in terms of games that have release dates, I, I'm suspecting this will be kind of the the one that'll have the crown uh, in the game of the year conversation for a really long time, if not the whole year. Yeah. I mean, I, what other, like, there's not very many triple A's that we know are going to come out this year. Honestly, thank God, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted. Give me a yeah. break. Um, but yeah, it'll, I think it'll be a easier prediction when we get to the end of the year on like, who's going to take game of the year and some pretty big awards. Um, but I don't know. You never know. We may have got a sneaky game that comes in and comes out this year, or 
like maybe we'll have a lot of really good uh, i don't indie game moments i don't it's how about like double a and single a games however we're going to classify anything that is not a triple a game um i'm really excited for those games to have bigger moments and to be able to really dive into those this year yeah not that um again as as we talked about the game awards is the end all be all of game recognition come end of year but i was doing some research just on this was the i believe the the 10th annual this past year and in its history uh only what i you know what we would kind of recognize as um indie or again sub triple a um only one game has been nominated per year in the show's history i think there's a good chance this year that we see more than one um which i think would be awesome and just because that show has such you know wide reach the the viewership came in over our break and of course it, it shattered records and got you know tens of millions of viewers so uh on to like highlighting a game in my top three for this year i'm really excited it doesn't have a date but it got delayed from 2023 to 2024 so i'm suspecting it comes out at some point in the calendar year is uh the the plucky squire um from devolver digital mm. uh this is a weird genre fusion 2d meets 3d it's like a i mean straight up a storybook come to life uh, and it plays with the per perspective changing. It kind of reminds me of a mix of The Legend of Zelda, uh, A Link Between Worlds, where you're going in and out of walls, as well as uh, Media Molecules Tearaway on the PS Vita, which is really playful with um, kind of like material-based um, things coming to life. Because, of course, again, this is like storybook things. So uh, that is a like an action-adventure slash platformer puzzle game that i'm really really looking forward to this year um i don't know if either of you have have heard of this one it was in a devolver showcase about a year or two ago yes because it, it and i'm looking forward to this one as well because it reminds me of paper mario yes like, especially 100%. the thousand year the thousand year door which we're also getting a remaster to this year yeah yes i believe this summer uh, was I, the last uh, window is it we the heard summer? about okay. it yeah um yeah, release date's still unknown. Historical patterns suggest it may arrive in October or November 2024. This is from Game Rant that published mm -hmm. this five hours ago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, yeah, so maybe Q3 uh, or Q4 uh, 2024. But yeah, that's Plucky Squire just it had that feel. The story storybook, 2D, 3D type like animation art style. Um, that's a that's a good one. What about any other games really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any other games really burning on either of your lists? Um, I have one that's sort of a prediction, sort of a hope. Um, I'm really hoping we're getting Silk Song this year. Oh yes, uh, the, the sequel to Hollow Knight. We have been waiting for a very long time. Um, but it's it's one of those games where I like I'm I'm fine waiting for it. I, it's I'm fine waiting for any game like developers take as much time as you need and can um but i i can't wait to play silk song uh the hollow the hollow knight hollow knight is one of my <laughs> favorite games as well and maybe i should just kind of dive back into it and replay it before silk song but i know it feels like every year they're like oh it'll it'll come out this next year it'll come out this next year and it hasn't so they've been it's been a little quiet for a while now, so I'm hoping we either get some information, get a new look at it, get a release date, 
It'd be great. <laughs> I know I know we've been uh you know egg on our face for now two to three years now saying this, but like it's gotta be this year, right? Like yeah. <laughs> maybe it's less words, but I I almost <laughs> thought to put Twilight Princess Wind Waker <laughs> remake on this list. I almost did it. Or like or just a port something. I was like, I can't I can't keep doing this to our listeners and to myself. So <laughs> we're just it's not I didn't I didn't actually add that to my list. I, I am mentioning it now. But I, I did refrain. So okay, now while we're kind of transitioning from you know conf- games we think coming this year to to hope's predictions yeah. uh you know there there's lots of reporting going around and speculation that this the next nintendo console is expected to release uh this year um i expect it to come out in november um minus the mm-hmm. switch which was a a bit of a special case because the wii u was you know a, a great selection of games but a commercial failure um so the switch was fast-tracked and, and released in March of 2017. Whereas beforehand, the Wii, the Wii U, GameCube, November releases. Um, so I suspect we'll get the Switch successor in, in you know October, November, probably November um, this coming year. Um, we're now watching the reveal video um, for the original Switch, which I remember uh, watching on a walk to my freshman year Spanish class in college that memories <laughs> burned in my brain. So I'm like, holy crap, this is the Nintendo console I've always wanted. Um, I think it will be a bit more, that was just like a random weekday drop, no announcement. Um, I, I suspect we'll get um, a true kind of summer presentation, um, probably June-ish time, um, you know, after we've gotten Princess Peach Showtime, um the maybe the thousand year door remake will be out by then um it's a bit of a slower start to the year for nintendo um then you know we'll start having all eyes on the next phase of their development and i hope you know another prediction slash hope that the the headliner if you will for for this launch will be a new 3d mario game um odyssey came out in the first year of the switch um as did Breath of the Wild, but of course, you know we got the new Zelda that was last year. I don't, I don't think any new Zelda game is coming anytime soon. But it's been now seven years since the 3D Mario game. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it would move units. Mario's, you know, the second highest grossing movie of last year. Thanks, to, you know, yep. it, it makes sense. Mario Wonder yeah. was nominated for Game of the Year. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mario is having a moment. And yeah, I I'm with you that I think the next Nintendo console will launch with a 3D a new 3D Mario game. Um, I I also have that on my predictions list, and I'm glad you brought up that the Wii U was a commercial failure because I also made that note. But my my thoughts behind it is because of that. Do we think that the next console from Nintendo is going to have Switch in the name? Is it going to be like mm. a Wii U version of the Switch? I hope not. I'm hoping they've learned that if it's not some significant difference in a console, people are still going to go and buy the Switch because of what the Switch offers, like gameplay wise. I'm it, it fulfills its need of it being a handhold game console for Nintendo games or indie games. I they have the OLED model, which I have and I really, really enjoy. I'm glad that I um upgraded to that version. Personally, it's I'm like, do I need a more powerful console that's going to run like 
4K games at 120 hertz? Um, probably not for the Switch. I mean, I have other consoles to do that, and I know that's just that's me. Not every consumer is like that. Um, so maybe it will still be a handheld beefed up version, but if it is, I don't think it's going to sell nearly as well as the Switch did. I think if it's going to sell well, it, it has to be something completely different. And I don't know what that is because I do PR. I don't make game consoles. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, those are, that, that's my thoughts right now behind the next Nintendo consoles. I, I kind mm -hmm. of, I think I used to believe that it would be like a Switch Pro, um, but since we're, I, how many years has it been since the Switch Seven. launched? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. That's. I would have expected a Switch Pro to kind of happen at the four or five year mark um, if they mm -hmm. were going to do that. So if the fact that they didn't do that means I'm thinking they're, it's something completely new and different. It's... I. Partly, this is, of course, my own my own hopes bleeding in here. But like, I I might disagree a bit and just predict like it will be the tr like Nintendo's never released a, a true. Well, I guess discounting the SNES and the 3DS, but like they've never just slapped a two on a console in the way that we now have the PlayStation Five. Um, like I agree with you that the the Wii U's confusing branding as as it was the 3ds like if they just lean in fully this is the next switch this is what you upgrade to this is going to have the next seven years of games on it it's going to continue delivering the handheld console hybrid experience that you've loved over the last seven years now just with you know beefier hardware uh and you know it, it will support a new wave of third-party titles i think that will get a lot of people in but you make a good point that I don't know if it will necessarily convert the, you know, the casual tens of millions of people that bought in during the pandemic and, you know, around that who will probably be content with what the switch delivers right now. Um, I just, yeah, especially if wonders, you think about, yeah, so, sorry, Sam, I, I was just no saying also like thinking about parents and like who, who really is buying nintendo consoles and it's parents for kids it's what they want if they these kids already have a nintendo switch um if it's a switch 2 their parents are gonna be like we already have a switch at home like it's what what's so different about this game can you can you play different games and it's like no it's just like it's the same games i i just think it, it won't sell as well if they market it as a switch 2 yeah it'll be interesting i the, the what i was just gonna say was their um for for decades, Nintendo operated as like a two pillar company. They had their handheld development, they had their console development, and since the Switch, they've it's it's one pillar. Um, and I I I mean, whether the next thing is is necessarily a Switch success or whatever, I don't think that Switch ever gets flipped back the other way. Um, so whatever this will be, will be Nintendo's next pillar. Um, I I think it will be some sort of hybrid. Um, because. You know, the Steam Deck has proven that is, you know, beyond just Nintendo, a market that there's appetite for. Um, but yeah, maybe it's not called the Switch. Um, it'll be interesting. I I think, you know, in, in my trying to make my argument here about why I think it will be a, a direct sequel to it, I think the Pro was eventually just kind of folded into whatever this thing is going to be, that the development of it took 
long enough that they were like, it's not worth putting out. This will confuse, you know, consumers even more. So if we're putting out a true sequel to this in a couple of years, and so now whatever that was planned to be is now morphed into a full on thing that will have exclusive games that will not work on the switch one. Um, I don't know. It's interesting where it's kind of, un- again, because this is one pillar Nintendo and that's mm-hmm. never happened before. This is kind of unprecedented territory. No, you brought up really good points. Do you, do you think because of that, do you think that this would make them into a two pillar company again? Do you think like it, maybe it, maybe it's a standalone console to hook up to your TV, but can play switch games still. So it's still like in the switch family, but is not handheld and they just continue with the the switch line being the handheld version and whatever this new thing is, is its own entity. Maybe we'll have its own games, but I, or do we think that they're going to like, it'll support both. And like, if you just want the better version of the game, you get it on the console version. If you have that, but you could still buy it on the switch version, but maybe it's not called a switch because I think the switch is like, you're switching between it being handheld and docked, which is the whole purpose of the name if it's not that it wouldn't be called a switch (laughs) if there if there's one you know returning to the wii u kind of history lesson like if there's one thing to learn from the mistake there it's don't use the name if the thing people associate with it is not a part of it like when people think of the wii (laughs) Mm -hmm. they think of motion control and so that's why everyone was so damn confused (laughs) when the wii u was like oh it's a tablet yeah Yeah. Do not try to use motion controls with that giant, you know, tablet thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh god, they were I, I really so bad. would like to, to see. The... Yeah. It it was terrible. I'm like, I I would love to see a Wii Switch hybrid where you get to do like the motion control stuff, but like you still get the um like motion sensor from the controller, or like you're able to to interact with it in the way that you were with the Wii, but you can still pick it up and take it with you or alternatively you have kind of like how Xbox does it and PlayStation do it, right? Like you just have a wireless controller that connects to the TV um, or connects to the console can take that with you elsewhere. Like I would love to see some sort of hybrid there um, because I, I don't necessarily think Sam that they're going to do a switch to either. Like I think it's going to have to be something brand new that brings both of those together. Cause like, Thinking of myself personally as a consumer, I loved having a Wii. Like that was one of my favorite consoles growing up. It was one of my like favorite things to go and play. And it was because it was so interactive. And now with the Switch, I feel like we're, you know, kind of regressed from that in a way. Like, yes, of course, having something equivalent to like a a PSP, right? Like that when I was a kid was the standard and now it feels like the switch and um, the steam deck and all that is the standard, but you know, we don't have that kind of interactive method anymore in the way that we did with the Wii. Um, And if we're still talking Nintendo predictions, I would love to see some sort of iteration of um, super Mario galaxy because that Mm. is one of my favorite Mario games of all time and I'm so sad that I can't play it anywhere else because I got rid of my Wii a little while ago um and it was it was so iconic to the point where me and my mother put walkthroughs <laughs> gameplay of Ugh. uh Super Mario Galaxy 2 very specifically 2 was our game um like around the holidays because like it was just it's it's one of those games that feels really good to play and to watch 
Um, but it's it's a shame that we don't have something like that now. Yeah. I, I wonder if I wonder if this wonder if the switch becomes like a switch ecosystem and you can use the current switch as like as a controller. Mel, you were you were talking about like the mm-hmm. controllers and how PlayStation Xbox has the ones you can hook up to your phone or the PlayStation portal, is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, yeah. But like Nintendo's already millions of people already own something like that and it's the Nintendo Switch. So why not just take those and turn them into portable mm-hmm. controllers and like you could sit there with friends, everyone could have their Switch, but you're like hooked up to like this other main console and uh, I'm going I'm about to go off the rails <laughs> now. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's just a lot of there's a lot of potential and possibility and I just I hope that it's not just a switch to new handheld console. I I want them to experiment and try new things yeah. and make it so like this this could be their Wii U moment where it actually works because they they now have a tablet um console that works really really well and people yeah. already know how to use and so there's just there's a lot of potential for them to weave that into whatever the next generation of Nintendo is. Yeah. Whatever it ends up being, to circle back to one question Caitlin posed, I do think it will be backwards compatible. Um, the Wii mm-hmm. played GameCube games. Wii U played Wii games. Of course, Switch lost the Wii U legacy, but now it has, well, lost the backwards compatibility. It has basically every Wii U game at this point on it. Um, so I, I think the next thing will likely be cartridge-based. I think it'd be silly for them to... That would that would really burn a bridge um, if mm-hmm. people couldn't bring over whether this next thing ends up being a hybrid console, like I think, or more, you know, innovative new home console thing, like maybe you two are proposing. Um, it'd be silly for them to not let it play Switch games on it because people have built such mm-hmm. massive libraries on it over the last seven years. They also need mm-hmm. to uh, make sure that everybody's online library transitions transitions over seamlessly because. Also, historically, Nintendo consoles have been kind of walled gardens and consoles don't play nice with each other. And uh, (laughs) hopefully all of our digital purchases work on whatever this next thing is. So there'll be lots of questions for Nintendo to answer over the next year. But whatever it is, I'm excited to see it. Like Mel said, hell, I hope it is a Galaxy 3 or Galaxy (laughs) like successor. That would (laughs) my year would be made. Yeah, I think did they say that they're not going to make any sequels to 3d mario games anymore i mean they they don't they could always go back on that but i'm just like <laughs> i i wouldn't hold out hope that heart. that is i'm so sorry i just want to hold out hope that that is the launch 3d mario game um maybe in the future but i i have a feeling if it's a new console it's going to be a new 3d mario um game and not a sequel just because then you have people uh, it, it's been so long since mario galaxy 2 that so many people haven't played it. And like you said, it's really hard to go and play that without going to find the consoles and the games. Cause like Sam mentioned, they are, a, they were a walled garden for a very long time. No. Um, so it just, it doesn't make sense for them to make a Mario galaxy three. If anything, yeah, they do that after they re if they re-release maybe galaxy one and two as a package deal down the line. I'm so sorry to shatter your dreams. Mel. Just <laughs> give, I just want, Super Mario Galaxy again. That's all I want. Like the way people want Silk Song, I just want Mario Galaxy. Or how I want Twilight Princess and yeah. Yeah. Wind Waker. <laughs> yeah, that's yours is Galaxy, mine is Twilight Princess. Uh, 
in all honesty, Keelan, I like <laughs> again, egg on my face here, but I think within <laughs> the next two years, I could see the Twilight Princess Wind Waker thing happening, whether it is on the Switch or whatever the next console is, because we are going to be several years away from a new Zelda game. Um, I, you know, like they'll need software to support whether it's the current pillar or the new pillar and releasing two of their most beloved um zelda entries and one of the most beloved you know franchises of all time i think is kind of a no-brainer um so again famous last words but i think that is not that (laughs) unrealistic to expect we we say it enough and eventually we'll be right so (laughs) just yeah we'll just continue to say it (laughs) until the one day that it actually comes true (laughs) I'll just rapid fire like every year I'm like, oh, this is the year we get the new Bioshock announced. Like we know it's in the works. It's just, eventually it will happen. This is the year that The <sighs> Rock will have a starring role in a video game. Like that will happen eventually. <laughs> like <laughs> um w- one last real prediction for me. Um, you know, we talked about Nintendo. I think um there's a lot of questions about um PlayStation Studios. Uh and what they're working on, of course, Naughty Dog announced over the break that The Last of Us Online is no longer in development and that they're working on a new single player thing. Um, it has been, at, at, you know, coming on four years since The Last of Us Part 2. Um, Sucker Punch, speaking of 2020, it has been four years since Ghost of Tsushima. Um, do we get a sequel to that? I, I think whatever they're working on um, gets announced this year. Apparently... Um, Corey, Bar- Corey Barlog, who was the game director on the God of War 2018 release, he did not direct Ragnarok because he is reportedly working on his own thing. Um, what is that? Um, I think all of this goes to say, as my prediction is, I think we'll get a PlayStation showcase probably in the summer, like we did last year, um, where we'll get a lot of uh, single-player uh, game announcements or, or showcases. Maybe we get a, our first real look at Wolverine. Who knows? But um, there's a. I think the dominoes are lined up for for PlayStation to have a pretty big year of uh, announcements and showcases. Yeah, I would also love a Spider-Man 2 DLC. Oh yeah. Not sure if we'll not sure if we'll get that, but I would love that. I think so. that one that one seems pretty likely. I don't know. I have a good feeling about a Maybe. Spider-Man DLC for whatever reason. Just based on how much people enjoyed it, I could see them coming back and being like, yes. Yeah. Done. I think I would have expected them to have already kind of announced it. Um yeah. but we'll see. I I, I could see them waiting for a showcase to do that. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, I'm I'm here for more Spider-Man. I I definitely think we'll see Wolverine. I expect Wolverine maybe to come out like early next year, um, it, maybe the end of this year. But that's like a that's a really big reach, I think. Um, so excited for that. Is is Blade uh exclusive? Though th- that would be Microsoft because it's um okay oh who what studio is that it's the Deathloop team Arcane um which oh, is owned by Bethesda oh, okay. which is owned by yeah. Microsoft uh, okay that was this that was this whole thing other thing where like right. uh, because that trailer didn't open with an Xbox logo I don't know if you guys followed this but like Reddit yeah. was going crazy they're like is it exclusive is it not um, <laughs> yeah but I don't know apparently that maybe that's maybe that's what I was thinking and I was just switching the consoles yeah that's Marvel not. yeah. Not Sony, not a Sony character. Um, yeah, that's. We'll see, I I have one more prediction. Let's hear that's it. Kind of, um, I think we're gonna see a lot more like trans media announcements. Uh, apologies oh, yeah. if you don't 
like if that word is i don't know people are like do we call it transmedia i don't know hollywood movies and tv shows that are grounded in from video game ip um I think, I mean, we already know a lot that are upcoming, like the Tomb Raider series, Fallout show. We've talked about the Zelda movie, um, but, and there's, there's so many more, but I, I truly think we're going to get a lot more announcements this year, um, basically with the success of the Last of Us TV show and the Super Mario Bros movie. Um, the Witcher has been really successful. Arcane is getting a second season this year. Um, I just think a lot of studios are probably looking at that right now. And now like the strikes have ended. I, I think a lot of announcements are probably about to start rolling out. Um, mm-hmm. So while we may not get like the actual shows, I think we'll only get what we know of right now. Um, we'll, we'll have a lot to look forward to and a lot of discussions around those adaptations. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how those happen. If they're going to be, very similar to their IPs, different. I'm sure it depends based on the game, but I don't mm-hmm. know. We've we talked about it. We're we're fans of movies and TV shows here as well. So that's <laughs> that is one of the things I'm I'm really looking forward to and I like keeping my eye on to see what how that's going. And with Netflix is they've got their the Netflix games uh s- section of their company and I know they had like an announcement of they're making some games for TV shows as well. So those announcements are kind of happening simultaneously and we'll work together. That is a really interesting approach. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll start to see more of that. And as companies kind of expand their, their reach and creativity when it comes to storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading this morning that, yeah, that that Jack Black might be playing as Steve uh, for the <laughs> Minecraft movie, who is being directed. It's directed by the same person who did Nacho Libre. So I I wow. have no yeah. It's like a full Jack Black multiverse circle here. Um, but I'm in the same boat where I thought that like IPs are really going to reign supreme this year. Um, that did, we're going to see a Deadline- lot of. IPs used in either new ways or you might see more sequels get announced, whether that's for um, like the next season of a show for like The Last of Us or um, looking at, I don't know, like what IPs could possibly do with with their games that they actually have now. Because, you know, Spider-Man did really well. Um, I'm thinking of, I don't know, like I could imagine Hogwarts Legacy would try to do something, but I don't know why they would do that. It's just pulling ip from ip you know um (laughs) so i i am in the same boat of let's see what what ips will get uh whether that's movies getting games or games becoming movies and shows Uh, it's definitely a fun one so i'm really i'm really looking forward to it yeah so deadline did report it um I, i i think the way you phrased it was like is Jack Black playing Steve, but it deadline reported that he, he is, is okay. casted in the movie um, along with Wednesday star, Emma Myers um, and Danielle Brooks and Sebastian Eugene Hansen. Um, oh, they look so familiar and I am drawing a blank on where they're from. I think Danielle Brooks, she is in the most recent, the color purple um, mm. and she was in peacemaker she was also uh, tasty in Orange is the New Black. And then Hanson, 
he's he's a young kid. Um, he a couple things that I don't know. Mozart in the Jungle on Prime Video. Uh, let's see, and Just Mercy, which also starred Michael B. Jordan. I I'm not sure what that is, but that was his big screen debut. So I think those are the cast members that are confirmed right now for Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Love it. Which, Love to hear it. Yeah, I, I had missed this, but very interesting lineup. Um, interesting director. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. On on this note of game adaptations uh, and, and predictions and such, I do think we'll likely get some sort of momentum given the success of Twisted Metal and The Last of Us um, mm-hmm. on other PlayStation productions things. Apparently. Oh, I forget which actor over break. I think it was Mark <laughs> Wahlberg saying that Uncharted 2 script is done. Um, so we might get confirmation that that's, that's greenlit. Um, there have been rumors that Netflix is circling. Uh, not even rumors, but like Netflix is attached to a Horizon show. We might get casting announcements for mm-hmm. that. Amazon is attached to a God of War series. Maybe we'll get mm-hmm. casting on that. So lots of... Um, Things that will be released this year, like Caitlin mentioned, Fallout and Knuckles on Paramount, Halo Season 2 uh, on Paramount, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but I think we'll get, uh, you know, casting and, and more things to look forward to as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was Mark Wahlberg. Marky, Marky right. Mark. Marky Mark. <laughs> Mel, uh, the, Caitlin, Mel, the, those were all my predictions. Any other things you wanted to share before we close out with some recommendations? I think nope, those were, those were all other. mine as well. I'm like, the only other thought I had, kind of looping back to the non-AAA games, I really think indie games are going to um, get their true moment to shine this year. Uh, It's like the conversation of what is an indie game, obviously, I think will continue this year and we'll see a lot more of that develop. But the space that has been given to indie games and just non-AAA games in general has been really interesting to follow considering how many releases we had this past year. And obviously, like we said, looking at 2024 schedule, it's it's a little bit more quiet. And, you know, I say that with an asterisk with in quotes, like it is not going to be a quiet year whatsoever. We know that. But it's I'm curious to see like how the indie games are really going to dominate the space this year, given they have a true opportunity to and there's so much space for them to take. So I'm excited. Um, I, I'm curious to see what our indie devs are going to do and um, how many games are going to make it to the game of the year nominations. Yeah. I You know, when it's a slower year for AAA releases, that just means things like Gamescom and, and Summer Game Fest and, you know, even PlayStation showcases and Nintendo Directs. Like it just has more opportunity for, for those to get, you know, big spotlights yeah. on them. All right. Well, lots to look forward to in the new year. But uh, to close out this week's episode, just looking back on our, our week off and the holiday break, um, what were the highlights? Did anybody watch, play, read anything that they you know, want to highlight uh, or recommend to close out this week's episode? Well, I didn't play Alan Wake 2. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I promised I would. Okay, I did play a little bit of it. Um, but I really was not in the gaming mood this past week, so I only played like a couple of rounds of Fortnite with friends. Um, and that was just more because like friends wanted to play, and I was like, sure. Um, 
so don't come for me. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling games. But I did watch okay. a lot of really don't good movies. Yourself, don't force yourself to play. <laughs> just to play. Yeah. Look, I, I go through phases where like sometimes it's like all I want to do is play video games. Other times I just I wasn't feeling it. Um, but I did get to watch a lot of movies over the break, a lot of rewatches, a lot of my favorite like Christmas and your New Year's Eve and just wintry movies. But I actually there's a few that I watched for the very first time that I loved and would like to kind of give a shout out to one of them is a 2023 movie called the the holdovers um yes. directed by alexander payne yes you saw i'm pretty sure i liked your review sam um <laughs> i i loved this movie i i will kind of like part of my review kind of sums it up well but when this movie ends the song crying laughing loving line by uh ooh, lady sifre that name might is probably pronounced wrong and i apologize that plays as the credits roll and i was like yep i sure did cry laugh and loved this i didn't <laughs> lie but like this movie was never beating the the cozy allegations because it is the coziest <laughs> movie i have ever seen but also just really wholesome um and truly an instant classic in my eyes like it just oh and Dominic uh, Sessa, he's the the young boy who's you're watching. He's on screen a lot um, with Paul Giamatti. He this is his debut role, and honestly, I I would expect a I would love a supporting actor nomination for him because he killed it in this movie. And I immediately was like, I need to watch everything he's ever been in just to realize <laughs> this was his first movie. Wow! And it's oh, it's just it's so good. It's it actually just came out on it was Peacock, I believe, or Paramount. Letterbox hasn't updated it, but I know it just came out on streaming, which is how I watched it. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Peacock. But if you're if you're in the mood for like a really cozy movie that it will tug at your heartstrings and make you cry, and it it did kind of give me feeling reminiscent feelings of like Dead Poet Society. However. A more happy ending than dead poet society <laughs> so like you won't be absolutely like heartbroken and gutted it's more uplifting than that um but uh and paul giamatti is just fantastic in every single role he's in he's <laughs> incredible i he also deserves an oscar nomination for just the subtlety and just fantastic acting actor that he is um but yeah that was that was a favorite um I, actually, I agree, Caitlin, I have... with everything you said. Like, I, it was fun watching it because we get so few original Christmas movies, especially when we do. They're usually just streaming content. Um, so yeah. to see one so thoughtfully made, put in theaters, it, about you know two thirds through it, when I was like, "Oh, this is one of my favorite movies of the year," it, it was a fun realization. Realization being like, "Oh, this is a movie I'm going to watch probably every year uh, for yeah. like the next couple decades." Uh, so highly yeah. recommended. I'm I'm so glad you liked it. And I, I think the rumors are that uh, Paul Giamatti and for Best Actor and Divine Joy Randolph for Supporting Actress are locks. And I would love to oh, see Dominic yeah. Sessa get a Supporting Actor. Um, nah, apparently Alexander Payne just discovered him on this like the the location that they shot the movie. He was a student at the school, and he was like out of everyone they auditioned, he was like, oh, he's the one who's got it. So. Um, yeah, very That's good movie. Crazy. I'm so happy to see it do so well. Yeah, I remember yeah, seeing yeah. that too. He's, he seems like he's been acting his entire life. It, yeah. Just a 
true natural. And yes, thank you, Divine Joy Randolph was she actually broke my heart and I sorry I did not mention her, but yeah. Um every single scene that she's in, she steals it and uh, you, you just have to watch it. She's she's so good. But like, man, she makes my heart hurt. Um yeah. yeah. truly like an instant classic for me i'll definitely be rewatching it um and then there are two others that i watched for the first time and i know people are gonna be like i can't believe you didn't watch this but i finally watched eyes wide shut by stanley kubrick (laughs) with nicole kidman and tom uh tom cruise forgot his name for a second uh talk about the horniest christmas movie i have ever seen in my life (laughs) i had no idea and i'm so glad i didn't watch this with family or friends or like anybody because this movie is crazy um and i don't i'm sure a lot of people have seen it if you haven't it's a, a lot of fun really you're like sitting there and you're like oh my god what is real it's like truly a mind fuck kind of movie um but i also gave it like five stars i was like this I was blown away the entire time I was watching it. I was captivated. There's a specific scene with Nicole Kidman in her bedroom talking to Tom Cruise. She's basically telling him how like women are also thinking about sex all the time. There's, and I know that like, it doesn't, that sounds like sure. Okay. But like that scene was truly life changing for me and how she delivers it and how he's like finally starting to, realize things and there's a lot about like masculinity in this movie and uh and sex and being human and i don't know all wrapped up in it's christmas time and there's also (laughs) like a weird almost like cult thing happening and you're like you don't know you don't understand what you're watching until it all kind of comes together at the end um but i i had a lot of fun with that movie have you two seen it Mm -mm. i have not i I almost oh okay my dad and I like have gone through the ringers of like, you know, provocative <laughs> movies yeah. together. So we, there was a moment where we almost watched it. Um, but then we saw it was two and a half hours and it was like 1030 on, on Christmas. Everyone else in, in the family who would not have wanted to watch that movie was asleep. But by then we were like, uh, maybe, maybe next year. So I'll make sure <laughs> it's on the list then. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. Um, Tom Cruise is the perfect role in that he's a man who, like, is trying to be, like, sexy, but, like, nobody wants to have sex with him. Or, like, he just never gets to end up having sex in this movie. And I, like, I know that just sounds so weird, but, like, you'll watch it and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's Tom Tom Cruise is just himself in this movie. And he's perfect for it. Like, truly perfect. I loved him in this movie, but I was like, I don't know where Tom ends and this character begins. (laughs) Um, it's just Tom. Uh, just and then, Tom. <laughs> it's just Tom. just Tom. And then <laughs> finally, my last one. Um, I watched. Yes, yesterday. Yes, <laughs> today's January second. I'm losing my mind. Um, this is my first movie of the year. Um, it's called The Apartment. It's 1960 film by Billy Wilder, who. He's, I know he's done a lot of other movies, Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity, um, Sabrina. Like, he's a very well known director. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have probably seen this movie as well. Um, let me read the description before I like talk about my thoughts. But yeah, it's like uh, this Bud Baxter, he's the main character. He's a minor clerk in a huge like New York insurance company. And Dilly, 
discovers a quick way to climb the corporate ladder. Yeah. So basically, he's like lending out his apartment to all these executives at his company so that they can all cheat on their wives and bring home women to his apartment. <laughs> um, so his like apartment key is being passed around the office building. Um, and there's there's a woman played by Shirley MacLaine. She is incredible. I know I'm pretty sure she wins an Oscar later down the line. I can't believe she didn't win an Oscar for this for this movie. Um, but she is she's in the she's one of the elevator I don't know what they're called, but back then, like, someone was always in the elevator and would press the buttons for you. I don't know. But, the, the, like, this is her character, um, the main character. He kind of flirts with her, but he's he's very nice. He's just, like, he's just really funny and outgoing. And it, this movie is a rom-com, but she's basically in love with one of the executives. Ends up at this guy's apartment. She doesn't know it's Baxter's apartment. Um, things are not well with the man she's having an affair with because it's an affair uh, but the whole time I was watching this movie, I just had the biggest smile on my face and I kept going, this movie is so good. I'm like, I love this movie. I can't believe how much I love this movie. It's very funny. It, it ta- effortless, effortlessly like tackles a lot of really difficult um, concepts and aspects of life, like suicide and affairs and just love in general. But it's every single joke in this movie still hits and is like relative to today, which I think is a really hard thing to do. This movie came out in 1960 and I'm serious. Like every single joke made me like belly laugh. And I was like, it just, this movie was so good. Um, I, I might give five stars to a lot of movies, but like this movie was perfect. Wow. And wow. And it also, like, the end, it takes place, it's um, New Year's Eve. I wouldn't be surprised if When Harry Met Sally took a lot of inspiration from this movie. Because mm. while I was watching Ooh. it, I was like, oh, there are a lot of similarities. So, Sam, I know you love that movie. I um, love that movie. You would love this movie. And, yeah, it's there. It's not the same, but there are things happening. And when you're like, oh, I, I definitely see the inspiration. Um, but yeah, that's it's going to be a new New Year's either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day watch for me. Like this one I will rewatch every year along with like The Holdovers is going to be a Christmas movie for me as well every yeah. single year from now on. So, that's it was a awesome. good it was a good break for me with movies and I started reading Wuthering Heights, never read a Bronte sister novel before, so cozy vibes are happening. I'm enjoying it. Wow. Yep. But yeah, that was that was my break. What about what about you guys? Mel, what did you Shall watch I? read game? Um, so I actually have one for each. Um, I played a lot of Sea of Stars. I haven't finished it yet, but I am taking my sweet time with it. It is so freaking good. I like I understand the hype. I understand why it won best indie at TGAs. Um, it was released of August. Oh my goodness! It was released <laughs> August of last year from Sabotage Studios, and it's just like a really cozy RPG that gives me like the same vibes that I had when I was playing Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for the first time. It's like the perfect level of slow and cozy, but then once the action starts, like you are in it like it's still also it's also like a really easy game to play like the mechanics are super simple um but i loved sea of stars i had a lot of fun 
um, with it over the holiday break. And I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe like 40% of the way through, but I'm, I can't wait to finish it, um, throughout this year. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I've had a lot of fun with it and I can't believe it's taken me this long to play it considering it's been out since August. Uh, so love, love, love Sea of Stars. Um, the book that I have to recommend is for the romance lovers. Um, it's called The Seven Year Slip by Ashley Poston. I listened to this as an audiobook and then I immediately, I was like maybe 35% of the way through, I was like, I have a feeling I'm going to love this book and I'm going to want to revisit it. So I physically bought it and read it and um, listened to it at the exact same time. It's it's a really interesting like dual timeline novel where the main character goes into this essentially magical apartment, right? It's magical realism where you have to kind of suspend your disbelief for, for some of it. Uh, she goes into this apartment that ends up taking her back seven years, hence why the book is called The Seven Year Slip. Uh, and she is learning a lot about her aunt, who's an extremely important person to her, uh, who you'll learn more about throughout the the novel. But it's this really interesting way of comparing, uh, comparing how um, your life is seven years ago versus how it is now and how you interact with a lot of the different people around you, uh, how they shape who you end up being in whatever period of time and just kind of your priorities throughout whatever you know span of time it is beautifully heartbreaking but it's also i think one of my all-time favorite romance books um to date which i i surprisingly i read a lot of romance just because they're easy to listen to as audiobooks this one like hit different i don't know if it was just when i read it as far as like cozy vibes but it is a really really um well thought out book tackles a lot of really sensitive topics including suicide so if you have any sort of like trigger warnings around that like that that's just keep that in mind it's a brief mention but it's still um it, it changes a lot of how you view uh the the characters in the book as a whole but i i love the seven year slip so could not recommend that more um and then one that i'm surprised that caitlin didn't mention because we are watching it together <laughs> right now uh is teen wolf it's a rewatch for me, <laughs> and it's the first time for her, and it is a hoot and a half. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what Teen Wolf is, I'm sorry, but it's an MTV original that um, we're both guessing is based off of the movie a while back. I, I'm almost like 100% certain it is. Yeah. It is, so, because um, I mentioned that I was watching it to my mom, and she's like, oh, like the movie? And she meant- yeah. Oh, so it's she I just, knew who acted in it and everything. It's so it's so good. It the reason yeah, I love J. it Fox is in it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the reason I love it is because it gives you that perfect like teenage angst that isn't like overdone and annoying and like makes you want to roll your eyes. But there are also those moments that make you want to roll your eyes. Um, you'll be like kicking your feet up in the air to how some of the characters <laughs> act. But then when it gets to like the lore and when it gets to a lot of the fantastical elements of teen wolf it is so good and i can't wait till we get to season three because season three is the season um i don't want to spoil too much for caitlin's watch experience but if you've watched teen wolf you know why 
But there's also like, I have a lot of really good nostalgic vibes with Teen Wolf and how when the episodes were releasing in live um, time, it they just did something really unique with how they interacted with their viewers. Um, so I will forever love my experience watching Teen Wolf for the first time. And now I get to rewatch it with Caitlin, who's watching it for the first time. And it's like all of the questions that she's asking and like the way she's processing it is a lot of how I processed it. So it's it's a lot of fun to kind of be on the other side of it. But um, we started watching Teen Wolf over the break and I can't wait to get through more of it because it is so freaking good. I will die on that hill. Teen Wolf will forever be MTV's best original show. Now I, I have FOMO. I, yeah, I honestly, I don't know why I didn't mention it. I forgot. Truthfully, I was just thinking about movies. Um, that's also why I haven't played games. Yeah, because Mel and I were like watching. <laughs> we started it in person. I can't remember where we we came back from something. And we're like, what are we going to watch? And I was like, we were book we shopping. It? We were. Oh, yeah. We went to two Barnes and Nobles. That was the day. We did a lot of book yep. shopping. Um, typical, typical us. And now we've been yep. like... I haven't watched any of it on my own. Either Mel is here or I'm live texting her all of my thoughts and like voice notes. And I will say as someone who I truly have not ever really enjoyed a teenage drama show like Riverdale and a bunch of like it just I have tried and they have never clicked for me and I never really enjoyed them. Um, I'm loving Teen Wolf. And that's why I, I didn't watch it when it came out. I think it was like my end of high school and then into through college. And I, I know I had seen some of the first season episodes. Cause when we were watching, I was like, Oh, I remember yeah. this scene. And I was like, I remembered something happening on a bus. Um, but I, it just never clicked with me back then. Or I just, I just didn't give it a chance. Um, but it is, mm-hmm. it still makes me roll my eyes a lot of times. I'm like, okay, some of the line delivery, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But Mel is right. That the lore is really interesting. The story is so far, um, multiple people have told me they cannot wait till I get to season three. So I will be watching that with Mel in person. I won't even do the text. I'll, she can see all of my live reactions. But yeah, that that has been a really fun uh, show to watch. I remember it being the talk of my high school uh, when it was coming out. And it was one of those shows when I first got a Netflix subscription. Um, It being high on my like watch list. I've never gotten around to it. I know it like broke Dylan O'Brien as a star. So um, oh yeah, (laughs) maybe maybe I'll have to try to catch up so I can tag along with you guys. It's on Hulu now. They took it off Netflix. Um, Yeah. Dylan O'Brien's amazing. It's just, I love him and everything, but like, seeing him in the show and I haven't even gotten to his, I think breakout portion is season three. Season three is his season. Um, And I have seen clips and I know why and I get it. But even before that, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's a great actor um, and really the heart of the show. And I, for the longest time actually thought he was the main character. He's not, he's the supporting character and the main character, I'm like, I never heard of this guy. <laughs> my many years of being chronically online and on Tumblr, I only ever saw Dylan O'Brien um, <laughs> when when in reference to this show. So yeah. that should say something about like truly how good he is, is that everybody's like, who cares about anybody else? Let's just focus on Dylan. But everyone else is also really good. I really like um, Holland. Mel, what's Roden. her What's her name? Holland Roden, who plays Lydia, I'm, I really like her as a as an actress, and her character is really interesting. A lot of them are 
interesting characters and like they're not one note and I can tell like we're going to get really good character arcs and I have lots of thoughts and theories and I've been telling them to Mel and she won't answer any of my questions but and I know this and it frustrates me but it's also fine I thank you for not spoiling everything for me of course of Um, course but it's a it's a fun buddy watch kind of show yeah Sam catch up uh, I'll, I'll rapid fire my favorites from break. Uh, gaming wise, finally about ready to cross off Metroid Dread and Super Mario 3D World for oh. my Switch backlog. Um, I'm like 80% through Dread. That's game's awesome. My favorite combat yeah. in a Metroid game. Uh, and I'm playing 3D World cooperatively with my girlfriend. We're in the post game, which is very hard. Um, but <laughs> if anybody is looking for a co-op experience, that has just been a, a constant delight. So those are my gaming highlights from break. Have either of you two played either of these? Mm-mm. I played Dread. Um, I didn't finish Dread, though, unfortunately. It's it just... hard to get back into. It took me like an hour to be like, where am I? That's the hard part yeah, about Metroidvania. Yeah. yeah, so <laughs> I don't know if I ever will, but I enjoyed it. When it came out, I played uh, quite a bit of it. Yeah, it's very good. Movie-wise, f- four of my favorite movies of the year came out in like the last two months uh, or last two weeks. Um, I've seen Boy in, Boy in the Heron twice. It's the new mm-hmm. Hayao Miyazaki movie. Just a mesmerizing um, movie about legacy and grief. Uh, I would recommend the sub, but the dub is good too. Robert Pattinson nails the Heron voice. And if mm-hmm. that's his last movie, what a way to go out. Have either of you seen this one yet? We went and saw it yeah. together. Oh, nice. What did, did you guys like it? I, I thought, yeah, I thought we talked about it on the last episode, which is why I didn't mention it this episode but i can't remember but yeah i i loved it yeah okay glad you both liked it um maestro on netflix have either of you watched this one yet (laughs) i have not it's on my list not really looking (laughs) i don't know if i'm looking (laughs) forward to it (laughs) do not blame anyone for not liking it but as someone who is fascinated by what i coin as director bullshit where like directors (laughs) get, get blank checks and like insert themselves so intentionally in a story like this less as a Leonard Bernstein biopic doesn't really succeed there but as a Bradley Cooper making a Leonard Bernstein biopic absolutely (laughs) fascinating and does um outside of that personal fascination of movie making uh, has some of my favorite scenes uh in movies the year like as a whole maybe doesn't all work but the um Mahler uh orchestral performance which is about like a seven minute um live performance that cooper apparently spent five years training for and is largely (laughs) a one shot um was just mind-blowing and is almost makes it worth watching alone i i think i'm gonna do a double feature of tar and maestro have you seen tar (laughs) no i haven't seen tar oh my tar rips i know better than maestro yeah i i figured Um, but i i think i'll watch them both and then which might make Maestro even worse for me, but who knows? <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's fair. Um, speaking of great men movies, uh, my, uh, Ferrari <laughs> starring Adam Driver. Um, ter- oh terrible accent work, but has my favorite third act, um, or one of my favorite third acts in movies this past year. Great racing. Uh, and while Driver's Italian accent is a little shoddy, he just brings so much presence to every movie he's in. Um, so I would say he makes it worth watching alone. Mel and I are, I think we've, I think we've agreed yeah. we're going to go see it together at some point. Um, cause I was going to go see it and she was like, I don't want to go see it today. And I was like, I'll wait. So 
we'll go watch that um because i i love racing movies um yeah one of my favorite racing movies is le mans 60 uh sorry ford versus ferrari also called le mans 66 that's the version i have um (laughs) it's it's, i have to keep reminding myself that it's ford versus ferrari here so i'm really looking forward to ferrari's just ferrari (laughs) movie just ferrari (laughs) um and it's michael mann so like yeah i'm sure it's it's gonna be a great one um and yeah what was what was your other i think i know what your other man movie (laughs) is so great men movies which is like a a joke on film twitter about like movies like oppenheimer maestro um you know biopics about you know these quote unquote great men and what they accomplish um this one i wouldn't insert into the great men genre but it is definitely about men beefy men is the iron claw um which I understand the criticisms of, but I was profoundly moved by and nearly broke into like a straight out ball fest uh, when the credits rolled. Uh, yeah. Zach, I, is, I, can I we all agree that amazing in this? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know if you were saying that because my review was not that high for this film, but most yes, people I, know I, I saw that you movie. were mixed on it. Yes. I have thoughts on how it was executed and the fact that they removed an entire brother from the storyline. Um, so it, it kind of played like a, a film reel of like this family's lives. And so I think the not being a man maybe was why it was a little bit harder for me to connect on the emotional beats with a lot of these characters, except for when it came to Zac Efron. Like I agree. Zac Efron was incredible in this movie and I think it that last scene, um, I won't spoil anything, but there's a last scene with him that that one did move me to tears. And I was like, oh, gave me like chills. Um, so I, I did enjoy the film. I just had I had a couple of issues with with it. Yeah, to- can definitely totally- see why so many people loved this movie. Yeah, totally understand the the criticisms of the edit, like the converting or, or you know telling the story in in narrative form um or you know in a, a cinematic form i think taking it on its own terms um I, I i liked the way it you know it emotionally it resonated with me and again i think that's largely due to the performances i think i was kind of shocked that zach efron came in at the the final hour to in my opinion give killian murphy a run for his money for best actor um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I do agree, even like separating from the 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 true storiness of it, i I do think the second half plays, like you said, Caitlin, largely as a um speed run of a lot of events. Um, and I don't think it gives I mean, it's just such a a, a wide sweeping like American tragedy to try to condense into oh, two yeah. hours. Um, so I think it's admirable. Which- um, and it, it worked for me, but I don't underst- I, I totally understand anybody finding it lacking there. Yeah, especially like, and that's why they removed the the fifth brother. Which yes, the the fifth. There there are four brothers. And they're all tragic stories. This entire and this is a true story. Um, I have a friend from Texas who's he like has met this family. They have like he everybody in Texas like knows this family, and I am sure this is a very close and personal story to a lot of people. Removing an entire brother from that story just ethically feels very wrong and i get that you said it's like it's plus two hour time time frame for this movie or and that that's just that's really hard to like add an entire 
new person's story, but the way that it was already shot as like this timeline of events. And I just feel like they should have at least just added it and it had been a longer movie or cut some other moments. I'm not sure. Um, but so that just like felt weird to me. I, I gave this movie three stars though. I, I didn't, I, I didn't hate this movie in any way. I just thought the way it presented it was a little difficult and maybe this should have been like a, a mini series or something like that, which I, I, I'm pretty sure there is a mini series about this family out there that a lot of people have seen. Cause I think I saw it mentioned in some reviews, but I have not seen it. Yeah. But yeah, from a, Efron, uh, I, he, he gave Killian a run for his money. I, I, I still am behind the Killian Murphy should win based on just like a lot of the subtleties that he does as an I actor. Agree. Yeah. Um, but Zach Efron, I, he's going to have a really good career from here on out. He's already had a great career, but this one was a, a turning point, I hope, for him as an actor. Well, much to look forward to in terms of the Oscars race, 2024, Zach Efron's career. But for now, this has been Real Time Strategy. You can find the show everywhere at Real Time Strats. Find all of our social information in the description. Thank you both for kicking off the year in style. It was great catching up with you both. And we have lots to look forward to. And I'm sure we'll be discussing the Switch 2, whatever it's called, and many more things in episodes to come. <laughs> But uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye.